Good day to all of my friends and listeners. Thank you for joining this episode of Season with Salt. This episode, we are going to discuss the topic of false humility. False humility. So uh, hang out with me and let's talk. So a few weeks ago, I attended a uh, young adult citywide activity, um, which was inclusive of just a night of worship and prayer. During the prayer, there was a lot of like really great music sang and it was just a great night overall. At the end of the evening, they called all of the young adult pastors across the city uh, to the stage, or at least those that were involved in the in the, this particular collective, and a few of the preachers who were on the the stage uh, were asked to essentially close out in prayer. The thing that stuck with me the most was a prayer prayed by one of the youth ministers, where they prayed that a false uh, humility would essentially escape um, the generation of young believers. And that just like really, really stuck with me. And I wanted to talk about it because I think that sometimes we are taught that we need to be humble. Um, And what I have seen happen so often is that people in an effort to appear humble, um, really miss out on a lot of great opportunities and aren't confident enough um, to really talk about who they are and what they have accomplished and what God has done through their life. So I wanted to talk about false humility because I think that what it um, results in, I think, can be detrimental to any system that we're a part of, whether it's government or ministry or relationships, so on and so forth. And I thought that it would be appropriate um, to spend some time talking about that. I wanted to start with a couple of quotes that I think are really important to this discussion. And the first one is by David Nordby. David, or Jacob Nordby, rather. And Jacob said... False humility is a form of psychosis, which was imprinted on the most on most of us since birth. It is a mental illness because it locks us in a victim state of keeping our light turned down, denying who we are, denying who we really are, rather, and silently begging for permission to simply show up as ourselves in the world. But there is good news. This is a jail whose locks are broken. We can walk free whenever we know the truth. And by so doing this, 
we show others an example of an end to madness, an example of freedom. And again, that was a quote by Jacob Nordby. Um, also, a couple of other, other quotes that I thought um, would be cool. One by uh, Paul Krasner. Paul Krasner said, false humility um, is better than no humility at all. And I'm just kind of giving you a, a, a sort of an overview of some of the things that have sparked this discussion. It's Michael Bassey Johnson said, false humility is the pride of not being proud. Real humility is without the consciousness that pride exists. Um, so how do I define false humility? I define uh, false humility using, using so many of the terms that um, I have just quoted. But essentially, false humility is um, this uh, sort of hiding behind um, humility um, to avoid um, being seen as the truth of who you are. Um, and there are a lot of situations where this um, shows up. Me personally, um, this is something that, and it's not, I guess I better say that it's not really about how we respond to people when they give us a compliment or how we respond to people when they're reviewing our accolades. It really has a lot to do with how we internalize who we are. Um, I, um, as a person who um, has to an undergraduate degree and a graduate degree and, and working on a third degree, um, have found myself um, not wanting to intimidate other people who um, have uh, not pursued a degree because you hear people saying, oh, you know, get your learning, but don't forget your burning, or people will... Um, put you in a box because they um, feel that you think of yourself higher than others because of your academic accomplishments. And I personally have been bit by that. So trying to find um, ways to come off as um, hum humble or not necessarily proud of what I've accomplished academically but just, um, you know, happy enough so that, you know, I can tell somebody that it's possible. And a few years um, ago, you know, I was really struggling with that and what it means to, to, to be an educated black man. And what I realized is that it's not just that, but I am a first uh, generation college student, um, college graduate college student and college graduate. My mother um, did not go to college. Um, and um, my little brothers have pursued um, academic excellence. Um, and one of the reasons that they state that is because I was able to um, open that trail for them. And I mention that because statistically, we were not supposed to accomplish any of this in life. We were foster kids. Um, our, our birth mother is mentally disabled. Um, we uh, were born out of wedlock. A lot of different 
um, obstacles that we had to endure in order to get to the place where we were. And what I realized is that um, maybe because of the way I speak or because of some of the things that I've accomplished or the perception of accomplishment based on the way I speak or act or carry myself, people have made assumptions about my upbringing and about my life. And when I started feeling confident enough to talk about the experiences that I've had, I have found that people are generally shocked and surprised. Um, they, they struggle to believe that um, someone who's accomplished as much as I have accomplished thus far could be from such um, a, a background. And what I realized over time is that my background and the things that I had to endure in order to get to the space that I am in now is my testimony. It is um, the gift that God has given me to share with other people. The thing that gets in the way of sharing this testimony with confidence is false humility. It is this, this, this not wanting um, people to look at me in a certain way or not wanting people to think that I'm boasting um, or not wanting to um, uh, share um, who I am as a person for the fear of not being able to connect with people or not being able to, um, um, you know, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And so I wanted to just um, highlight a couple of areas that I think are important in this discussion. And hopefully um, there are some things that will either help or that people can identify with, um, with regard to false humility and how to overcome it. So first, a manifestation of false humility acting like you do not know how it happened acting as if you do not know how you got to the place that you are for the sake and the benefit of others who might be intimidated or uncomfortable by it let's talk about that so I think that it's easier sometimes to not highlight what we had to endure in order to get to the space that we're in. The danger, however, of not talking about what we had to go through in order to get where we're at is that people do not respect what we have gained because they do not know what we have experienced. And then on the other end of that, um, people um, might be under the impression that what we have or what we have earned um, is easily accessible um, based on what they perceive to be the way for which we've earned it. So, and I can only really just, I'm, I'm trying to find generic examples, but I'm going to use myself as an example. And this is in no way an indictment on, on anybody else. But I think that um, as a person who, um, to, to some, um, speaks well, um, like is, is able to um, communicate well 
verbally, I hear a lot of people making a connection between the way that I speak and their assumption about when and where and how I was raised. And that um, may very well be true, but the reality is, is that um, in, or if this is a craft, number one, it is something that God gave me the gift to attain, right? The grace to attain. And then secondly, it is a product of the work that I have put in as a result of God giving me that grace. So um, if I speak well, it, it's not because I went to college. It's because um, the Lord allowed um, me um, to be able uh, in the fourth grade to be in a spelling bee. Um, the Lord allowed for my maternal grandmother to be a person that would correct my grammar. Um, the Lord saw fit for me to be a part of mock trial in order to hone um, and to perfect my oral skills. Um, and then um, whatever I'm able to say well um, might be the product of like walking around the parking lot or rehearsing it to myself over and over again or learning how to remember things um, that aren't easy to remember. And so to some, it might seem like a natural gift, but to me, it is the product of an investment in what I believe God has given me to invest in. So it would be ignorant and unfair for me um, when I'm credited with the uh, a special ability or gifting to speak clearly about certain instances to say, oh, I don't really know how I came up with that or I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know how it happened. Um, it's not um, a bad thing to say, I thank God that he has given me um, the ability to grow and to learn and to speak and to share um, with others. Um, so that's the first thing. I think that the second thing, which I've kind of already hit on, is that we tend um, to devalue preparation for the sake of those who aren't interested in preparation, right? Like they, we, we, we don't talk about the the intricacies and the detail associated with preparation. And because we don't really value prep preparation very highly, um, those who uh, listen to us, they assume that what we have crafted or the product of our gifting is just all natural. And first of all, it's God that gives us the grace to be prepared and to get prepared. But I think that it's really important for us not to fall into this trap where we do not share the investment that we make in preparing, right? And so false humility um, um, positions us to stay away from um, admitting that we prepared for the sake or the benefit of others. Thirdly, um, we need to be careful not um, to... Uh, be intimidated by those who are farther along. 
Um, and, and, and rather than talking about what God's grace has afforded us at our current state, we start comparing ourselves to others and what they have accomplished. And then we allow others to be a measuring stick without really knowing what they had to experience in order to get to the place that they are. But we allow others to become a measuring stick for our success. And by way of doing that, we um, um, belittle um, our own journey, our own success, our own accomplishment. And this, uh, my friends, is another way um, that we um, diminish um, our own experiences, which can and generally equates to um, a spirit of false humility. So what is it um, that we can do um, in order to war against this idea of false humility. I think the first thing is to always um, be grateful enough to God to express to others what God has done through you. And I think that there is a difference between boasting and magnifying the God who gives us the grace and the ability to do the things that we do. So being able to talk confidently about what we have experienced as a product of God's grace is extremely important. Um, I think um, the second thing um, that we um, can focus on in order to sort of fight um, false humility um, is to really um, um, practice and reflect upon the accomplishments that we um, have had and to consider um, others who might be coming behind us who need to hear um, experiences um, that might um, promote academic or personal excellence in their own life. A lot of times, like people are just prisoners of not being exposed to certain information that assists them in their own personal growth. And so we cannot be afraid um, for the benefit of others um, to tell our stories uh, because so much of what we are able to use our influence to do is dependent on the way that we're able to use our mouth to tell people um, what is possible in their own life. And so we cannot be um, sidetracked by where other people are. We cannot compare ourselves. We cannot buy into this idea that we're not where we should be. We should find um, the, the, the space to celebrate the grace that God has given us to accomplish the things that we have been able to accomplish in our life. I think that um, also extremely important um, for us um, to uh, be find ways. And I think um, we, if you're thinking about this, this might be an elevator pitch or it might be I can tell um, that when a person is confident or struggling with confidence um, in their ability because of the world's standards. And I think that one of the ways that we can tell is when a person is not able to adequately communicate what they have accomplished via their resume. 
I have encountered a lot of people who have accomplished so much, but they are unable to articulate the very things that they have accomplished for fear of, of being seen uh, in a certain way. It's really important um, for you to think about, let your resume, your, your elevator pitch, whatever it is that you have, be reflective of what God has allowed you to accomplish in your life. Do not back down. If you did it, list it, right? Like if it was something that, that if you had an experience that will prepare you to your next blessing, there is a reason why you have had that experience. And if it is worth talking about, if you gained any experience from it, any life-changing experience from it, any skill that you would not have had before that, you should not be ashamed to share um, any of the skill set that you have that you have gained through your experience. And I think a lot of times people don't want to talk about that so they diminish what they have experienced you'll be talking to somebody and you'll be like what else have you done and they can't think of anything and it's like i decided a long time ago that i never want to be in the position where somebody asks me especially after i turned 30 i never wanted to be in the position where somebody asked me about the things that i have accomplished and i'm unable to talk about it because that's my testimony it's what god has given me to share with other people so that they know that they can experience some of the same things um, that i have been able to experience so never diminish what you have accomplished for the sake of others. Finally, brothers and sisters, this podcast would not be complete without sharing a scripture that I think is relevant to the discussion that we have had. This week's scripture is found in Philippians, the first chapter in the sixth verse. And I'd like to read it in the New Living Translation. The scripture says, And I am certain that God, who began the work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. In other words... The God that started the work in you will complete the work. In other words, you will perfect over time due to the confidence and the work that God does in you. So if God is regularly and continuously perfecting you, then that is a part of your testimony. He is perfecting you in your crafts, in your ability to be strong in relationships, whatever role you might play. He is perfecting your craft with regard to your educational pursuits. He is making you better. And as a result of the relationship that you have with him, you can grow and you do not have to falsify um, where you have accomplished for the sake of others. You can say it with godly confidence that you have accomplished what you have accomplished because of God's grace and mercy. Thank you. And until next time, this has been Season with Salt. Were you blessed by this episode? Do you think it would bless someone else? It would really bless me if you share this episode with someone who you know needs assurance of God's promises. Also, I love it if you subscribe to my podcast, Season with Salt, and wrote a review. 
this helps us to spread the gospel even farther through podcasting. Thank you so much for listening. And remember what God's word says in Colossians 4 and 6. Let your word be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. Have a great week.